best team, mate. Yeah. Oh, he's a confident. Hang on, hang on, big time. Oh, big come time, on, yeah. big time. Pitch, pitch, just say something, mate. It's just safe to remember. Scandalous. Making money, he's got it again. That is scandalous. Pitch, after getting us through the semi-final, were you, you know, you were concerned about getting the lads through to the final. Oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> are you concerned that you're going to win the trophy for the boys as well today? Yeah. I'll do my best. Yeah. Fancy a goal, mate? Can only do my best. Fancy a goal? Yeah. You know you're betting. I want to get this on the camera. This is episode nine of Weaving In and Out. You've just been listening to voices from the past, 21 years ago to be precise, the 15th of May 1999, a hotel room the morning of the FA Trophy final. Tarkan Mustafa is filming Dave Leeworthy and his roommate, midfielder Jeff Pitcher, part of a video that records the preparations before they all set off for Wembley. Pitcher's performances have arguably got K's to the final, not least two immense field displays in the two-legged semi-final against Cheltenham. But in the video, he's not overly keen to talk. He's on the bed in his tracksuit, flicking through a newspaper. As he explains in this interview, he didn't want to be filmed, his focus was on the match, and didn't want to risk complacency. But footballers being footballers, it comes out as dry, dismissive humour. A few hours later, Pitcher and the rest of the team walked out at Wembley in front of 12,000 K's fans. Well, about 2,000 actual K's fans, plus 10,000 others we'd dragged along. Family, confused friends, Kingston well-wishers, and my Latin teacher, Mr. Tlenet. Everyone will have their own memories and moments from that day. But looking back at the final, I noticed something I'd completely forgotten. On the red and white hoop shirts that day, indeed all season long, on both the right and left upper sleeve, was written two letters and an apostrophe. K's. K apostrophe S. Only last week, June 2020, this was a live debate within the club, as I sought to persuade the board of directors that in no circumstances should the apostrophe in K's be dropped. There was even a vote, and after much drama... It was 3-1 to the K's, with an apostrophe. I will not reveal the identity of the dissenting board member. Some Kingstonian debates only grow more abstruse with time. Are we K's or K's? When fans bellow, come on you K's, or up the K's, as they've done for decades, you can't hear the difference. Capital K, apostrophe, small s or just capital K, small s. What's in a punctuation mark after all? How much difference does that apostrophe make? Should it be jettisoned as an oddity, an inconvenience, a grammatical curio? One veteran fan commented to me, I don't think as a family we ever had a technical debate about an apostrophe. Until I was four years old, I always thought the crowd were chanting about canoes with the C. Some of the finest non-league nicknames give a nod to a club's town, industry or history. The Mink Cakes, the Dabbers, the Gingerbreads, the Sarnies, the Oyster Boys, the Gurners. Others simply play on the club's name. Kingstonian could, perhaps inevitably should, have been the Kings, or the Crowns, the Saxons, even the Bridge Boys. But no, we have, as far as anyone can remember, been the Ks with an apostrophe in the middle. 
aside from a period in the 1960s when an illiterate Surrey Comet sports editor started using K's in the headlines. K-S. No apostrophe. But where does the apostrophe come from? Some research by friend of the pod Ollie Steele reveals that it in fact goes to the heart of the club's history and identity. The football club was being referred to as Kingstonians, with an S on the end, well before even the split that created a club called Old Kingstonians. For example, a Surrey Comet match report from early 1894, where the official club name was Kingston-on-Thames, and predating Old Kingstonians by some 15 years, nonetheless opens with the words, the Kingstonians were seen at their best on Saturday. This wasn't a one-off. Evidence can be found in the Kingston Express, also referring to us as the Kingstonians in their 1893 reports. This was all within months of the new Kingston-on-Thames being formed as an attempted amalgamation of all senior association sides in Kingston at the time. The new club merged Kingston Wanderers, previously Saxons, previously Kingston and Surbiton YMCA, with elements from the East Surrey Regiment, Kingston Middlemill and Malden, despite these latter three all officially falling out of the merger, personnel from each were to form part of the new club, forming what was meant to be a single club for all Kingstonians to get behind. From 1908, though, during the split years, Kingstonians was actually part of our official name for half the club, as Kingston-on-Thames vied with old Kingstonians, commonly abbreviated to O-K-apostrophe-S. OKs, the earliest iterations of a K's nickname, and grammatically correct abbreviations using apostrophes. Following cessation of the war and the subsequent remerger of the two clubs in 1919, despite the new official club name being Kingstonian, without the S, the club was commonly referred to as Kingstonians. The match report of our very first game as Kingstonian called us Kingstonians, and references to Kingstonians outnumber those of Kingstonian across the Surrey Advertiser and Surrey Comet for many years after, and that's continued to some extent until the present day. Many K's fans take exception to being called Kingstonians, but we should embrace it. It's our heritage. Kingstonian has been our club name officially since 1919, but as followers or representatives of the club, we are all Kingstonians, and always have been, even before there was a split club called Old Kingstonians. As Ollie Steele concludes, with regards to the apostrophe within K's, it is sound to keep it both from a historical and grammatical sense. K's with an apostrophe predates Kingstonian. K's is not an abbreviation of Kingstonian, it is in itself an abbreviation of Old Kingstonians or OK's, which grammatically and correctly use the apostrophe. You could argue that we should add an apostrophe to represent the dropped O, but that would be a disservice to the United Club that came together in 1919. The present-day K's, with apostrophe, represents that we are all Kingstonians, but also links our apostrophized nickname back to its original 19th and early 20th century origins, predating Kingstonian. So there you have it. In 1999, those K's on the shirts were testament to the club's history and also sound punctuation. Now to Jeff Pitcher. 231 appearances, 51 goals. I started by taking him back to that hotel room in May 1999. Well, I, I, I forced you to take a trip down memory lane 20 years, <laughs> 20 years on, in, yeah. including Tarkan's kind of home video converted yeah. from VHS of the hotel 
I guess the, the weekend of the first FA Trophy final in in '99. Had you, had you seen that 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 video before? I had you... seen it before. Yes, I think um, not long after that that game, I think Tarks did a, um, download it to um, DVDs for a few of the players, and I saw it then. But I haven't seen it for a few years. I've got to be honest. There's there's you having a swim. Yeah. There's you lounging in your hotel room. I think you were sharing yeah. with Dave Leeworthy. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. And Leeworthy says Jeff should be in the league picture. <laughs> yeah. You seem very... So that was the morning of the game, actually, that little snippet when you're lying on the bed reading the newspaper. Do you look back yeah. at yourself? Yeah, I remember, think, I remember oh, at the time you... saying to... I remember at the time saying to Tarks that um, it's not time now for, for messing about the videos. We, we, we've got a game to win and, 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 and that's what it was... A bit tongue in cheek, if you like, but that, that's how I felt at that time. And I was like, I'm not, not, I'm not doing this interview because we've got a game to win in a minute. So, uh, um, but obviously, Tarks was doing it for for his own reasons. Well, Tarks comes across in the video as quite wide-eyed and innocent, and just wanting to kind of live yeah. a moment sort of thing. I guess Very he, much so. Was that kind of character in in the squad? Yes, he was. Yeah, he he was a lovely, lovely guy. Um, but very innocent. He'd never been sort of at that level before. And, and it sort of, he was a bit like the rabbit in the headlights and he was trying to make the most of it, if you like. Because, I mean, a lot of people say when you have games like that, you don't, you don't, it, it passes you by. And it does, it's true. And I think he wanted to um, make the most of it, if you like. But but at that time, it wasn't my cup of tea, if you like. I wanted to um, concentrate on winning a football match, if you like. So you were... Nervous were you before the '99 final? Um, I wouldn't say nervous, Tom. I was more, more sort of um, focused. Yeah, I wanted to win the game. Um, I wanted to make sure that we we didn't didn't just turn up for the for the sake of being in the final at Wembley. Um, yeah, I was more focused. I wasn't nervous. As, I mean, everyone. Everyone has their, their nerves a little bit, I suppose, playing a big game like that. But it wasn't so much nerves. It was more more I wanted to be to be focused on the game. It looks so much fun, though, like all of you in the hotel. You're obviously like a squad who'd been playing together for a while and trusted each other, knew each other well. You're playing in a huge game at Wembley the next day. I mean, look, looking back, were they some, it seems an obvious question, but were they some of the best best times you've had? Very much so, mate. Yeah, um, one of the biggest pluses playing in that team is were was that every player got on well with one one another um i mean i've been in lots of dressing rooms over the years and you do get sort of the, the cliche the clicks in the dressing room. but that that dressing room was one was a dressing room that everyone got on well with everyone uh and it it, it was um there was no there was no um people in there that 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 didn't sort of mix and everyone got in together it, it was a real good and that was one of our strong points at that time um over, over the time we spent there that, that, that the players did all, all really sort of get on well together and it seems mad but when you we'll go back to some of some of the other things that happened before then but but when you left cave uh in summer of 2001 after the relegation you were you were only twenty. I was just re-checking the dates. You were still only twenty-five. Yeah. Um, and you got you went to Brighton, who I think were 
were they League One at the time? League One, yeah. Um, and so everyone expected you to have, you know, five, six, seven, eight more years basically playing at football league. Um, but having left at age 25, what what happened after that that meant that you came back down to conference level? But but also maybe do you think you hit the heights again? Um, uh, there's lots of issues. I, I went to Brighton at a time when um, it obviously it wasn't the club that it is now. And um, the, the story goes that when uh, Kingstonian, we were relegated from, from, from the conference, I, I didn't particularly want to leave the football club. I still had a year contract to go. Um, and the years before that, I'd had about five or six opportunities to leave the club. And... Um, to be honest with you, that I, I wasn't too interested in moving moving into full-time football. I'd already been there, done it, and I, I, I was comfortable in what I was doing. And, and unless something really good come along, I wasn't interested. And um, I remember that, that uh, I think it was Chris Kelly rang up and said that um, that, the, that the club had accepted an offer from three clubs at the time. And it was up to me to decide where I wanted to go. And... Um, <laughs> To be honest with you, I, I wasn't too interested in moving. My main, my main uh, thought at the time was I, I would love to tr- stay at the club and, and try and get us back into the to the conference because I felt like it was a um, it was a it was not a sad time, but it it, it was something that could have been avoided. Um, and then basically, um, I ended up saying to Kingstone, oh, I'm not really fussed, I want to stay, and was told in no uncertain terms that, that the club had accepted an offer for you and, and, and it was time to go. So you and, were, uh, I, went to, so I don't think we knew that at the time. I think we all assumed that it was fair enough that you would want to go because you, know, you were too good to be playing. I think you were too good to be playing conference. You were too good to be playing Italy in Premier again. So that's really interesting to hear that actually you would have stayed potentially. Yeah, I mean, I say, as I said, I had a year's contract, and and I said over the the four years I was at Kingstonian, I think the club Jeff Jeff had spoken to me about six times and said uh, this club has come in and showed an interest. Are are you tempted to go in? And I, and I and I and at the time, I, obviously as a footballer, I want to play at the highest level I possibly can. But but my, my main ambition at the time was that I would love to have got the club into the football league that was my main I, I, I really enjoyed my time there I was quite happy money wasn't an issue for me at the time because I had a decent job I was I was earning good money playing football and, it, and, it, and going to a league one league two club at that time it, it financially it wasn't wasn't a a bonus for me so I was quite happy to stay there um but yeah it, obviously the club were in a, the, the situation they were in and um uh, it was made quite quite clear that, that if I did stay, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been sort of on the contract that I I was already on, and, and things would have to be renegotiated. So um, it was taken out of my hand, and they they basically said um, players will be leaving, it, it, we will have to start again, and you need to go. Um, but I wasn't I wasn't looking for a move. I never once in my whole time at Kingstonian asked for a move from the club. Um, but again. It got to the situation where I, I, I had to um, 
look after myself and was like, okay, if that's the situation, then then I need to move on. Because it seemed like early 2001, I mean, shortly after the Bristol City FA Cup games, um, there were offers for you then, weren't there? Um, yes. And I think I read, I don't know if you know if this is true, but there were maybe offers of about 200 grand would, were floating around and, and Orient were interested. Yeah. But you end up yeah. going to Brighton in the summer after relegation for... I don't know. It seems like around thirty thousand. I don't know if you knew how much it was at the time. Yeah, I, I mean, I do know that the ins and outs of this the situation. Basically, it, it, uh, as I said, uh, there was two clubs that offered around about two hundred thousand at one stage, and um, Jeff Jeff called me in, and Jeff was very fair. I mean, he he didn't want me to go because obviously the club were in a situation, and and at the time I said, well. I, I don't want to move. I've never asked for it. I don't want to go. If the club turn around to me and say they've accepted the offer and and I need to go, then I will go. And 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 at that time, Jeff said to me, "That's not the situation." But do you want to go? And I said, "No, I'm quite happy where I am." Blah blah blah. And we'll see what happens at the end of the year. Um, but then, say, come the summer, obviously the the, the situation changed. But um. I think it was initial down payment of fifty five thousand, and and I think it rose up to about one hundred and fifty grand after uh, appearances. But like I said, it, I never once asked to leave. I didn't want to go, and, and but obviously the, the the club and the situation they were in at the time, it took it to get out of my hands. And the worst thing about Brighton was, didn't they end up playing you at right back? Well, funny enough, I, it was just I went there and. Um, in the last probably two months of the season, we got relegated. I was, I did have an issue with my groin, and um, I sort of I was playing. I shouldn't have really been playing, but I was trying to trying to get through it as you do. And then when I went to Brighton, um, I signed past the medical, which which uh, was a bonus. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, and um, I played. I think I played about five or six games. Uh, before sort of September time and um, I, I, I was struggling. I did feel that something weren't quite right. And um, then all of a sudden, Mickey Adams said, I'm, I'm going to Leicester. And straight away, when a manager that signs you leaves the football club, you know, it's not, not a great sign. And then uh, basically Peter Taylor took over and um, I played the first three games of his, his, his stint. And then, realised something wasn't happening and I went and had a scan and I'd had a tear in my groin and I was out for two months and um, from that moment on it was it was stop start stop start for the next three years. Yeah and you had a series of loans didn't you because you go you go to Woking 2002 and Chapel. Yeah I I, I basically uh, to cut a long story short time I I, um, I got back to fitness me and Peter Taylor at the time didn't see eye to eye. Um, I had, funny enough, I had a contract that was quite incentive based. And once I got to 15 games for Brighton, I, I got quite, I was due for a for pay rise. And I think Kingstonian would draw another um, incentment on their on their transfer fee. And basically the club said they couldn't afford it. And would I, would I take a pay cut, this, that and the other? And I, I refused to cut. Long story short, we we didn't get on eye to eye, and that's when I decided to go out on loan, and and that's when I um, I think I think Jeff called me when he was at Woking, and and I went back and spent spent I think half the season there on loan at Woking. Well, 
let's think of just as we're on that kind of summer of 2001. Um, I don't know if you listened yeah. to the podcast with Eddie Akamoa. Um, yeah. But he had a kind of he had a series of kind of theories, I suppose, about how that side got relegated. Um, yeah. Given how good that side was. And he's the first person yeah. I've spoken to who seemed to have an analysis of it, because usually people just yeah. went, oh, I mean, it was a nightmare and who knows what happened. But Eddie's view was that we were less penetrative from wingback areas, that losing Lee Worthy was a problem and he was never yeah. properly replaced that third season. Yeah. But while we had an yeah. amazing cup run up to Bristol City, that was papering over some crack. It's interesting yeah. to hear you say that in that final season, you had injury issues. But what, yeah. what would you say, were the, would, you, would you agree with those factors that Eddie um, identified? And can you think of any others? Yeah, of course. Um, I've been asked this a few times, as, as I'm sure you can imagine. Uh, not so much recently, but in, in the days after it happened. Um, we... We went into the conference, and, and obviously, there, when I when I when I spoke to Jeff at the beginning of Jeff's tenure at the club, it, he had a three-year plan, and it was that the plan for the club was to get us into the conference, and and that they gave him a three-year timescale to do it. Um, and Jeff was brilliant at if you gave him a, a budget and said get us a team to to compete, and he could do it. Okay, and um, that's what he did, and and. I think it took everyone by surprise that we did it in the first year. We got promoted in the first year. And then obviously you you, you had the, the trophy wins for two years on the spin, which was unbelievable. I mean, no one in their right mind at that club at that time would have thought that we could achieve what we did. And then and then come to the end of uh, season two in the conference, I think we finished fifth that year. And won the trophy. I, I, I'm not sure if we won a couple of other cups as well, whether it was a um, league cup or something. A, a, anyway, and then what should have happened, in my opinion, is is with the FA Cup runs at that time, the club earned quite a bit of money, um, and that that team needed reinvesting. It, it, it should have what should have happened was that club stayed as it was, the team stayed as it was. And then we bought in three or four really good players at, to, 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 to have a good... And I think that's all it would have taken for us to have been a real challenge in that third season for promotion. Uh, what happened was four of or four or five of our top performers left. Matt Crosley left. Uh, Dave Lee where we lost, which was a big... Uh, your, your top scorer for the last three seasons... Uh, Tarkan left. Um, uh, who else left at the time? I can't remember. But but there was there was four, three or four players that were key players to the way we played, and 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 they all left the club uh, for for various reasons. Um, and I think the club looked at it and thought we are nowhere near ready to go into the football league. We don't want to do it. Um, and I think they decided at that point to to not. To not build on what we the momentum we had, and then going into the season, uh, we Jeff played a formation that was very uh, it suited us as a new team going into conference. Uh, we were counter attacking side, and uh, and teams would teams would come to us and attack us, and and, it, and 
played into her hands and we caused the teams a lot of problems in them two seasons. I think going into the third season, if you look, I don't know if you have, if you look at our league record for that season, we got relegated. We won three games at home. Um, and our home form was relegation form, but our, our away form was, it wasn't great, but it w- would have kept us up. And I, 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 looking back now, I think, well, the reason was, was, was we played a certain way and teams had worked us out. And when they come to our place, they said, well, let's sit back off you and let you attack us and then we'll counter-attack you. And, um, and we, we really didn't, one, we wasn't as strong as we was the two years before. And secondly, we um, we didn't have a plan B at that time because we'd only been used to playing a certain way. And and, and I think it, I'm a great believer. You look at the statistics of them two se- of that season, home and away form. You'll you'll see clearly why why it ended up being um, a, a really disappointing season. And but I suppose at the same time as investing less in, in the playing squad at that time, a strategic decision was taken to you know, spend about a million pounds on doing up the ground in order to be ready for the Football League if it happened. So there was a kind of yeah. schizophrenic um, yeah. approach from, from, from different bits of the board. Did you kind of sense yeah. that at the time? I think a lot of players did. I mean, when, when, when I talk to you about the, the, the season where we finished fifth and, and won the trophy the second season in the conference... I honestly believed, I thought, well, do you know what? We only need one, maybe three, five players, three first-team regulars and two squad players, and, and we will be there or thereabouts. And at the time, you had to win that division to get promoted to the Football League, so it's even harder. Mm. And, and, and it, wasn't, it wasn't beyond the realms of possibility, I believe. And a lot of players did at the time. And then when you see the likes of Dave Lever wanted to stay, Matt Crosby wanted to stay. Tarkan wanted to stay, and the club was saying we can't, we can't offer you new contracts because uh, you may want, I don't know, whatever, a certain amount a week more. And um, I think a lot of players at the time looked at that and thought, mm, maybe the club has realised that 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 they they've reached their pinnacle. They don't want to go any any further. And I don't know, maybe they looked at it and thought, well. Uh, there's no ambition now for the club to go into the football league. And, and I say, when I read about the, the figures of, for what it costs to have the ground, I'm just amazed. I, it baffles me when I heard the, some of the figures going around. And, and obviously I, I listened to Mr. Kelly's podcast the other day about players' wages. And, and uh, it did make me chuckle because I know for a fact that, that, that the three years we was, well, the two years we was in a conference, we weren't even in the top 12 in terms of a player's budget. Mm. And um, there were play, there, when we won to go into the conference, there was, there was clubs at that time that, that had five, six, seven thousand pound a week more player budget than we did. So, um, and when you, when you, summarise that that what the club had made in sort of revenue over the years it just baffles me that 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 um the club ever ever went bankrupt after that run of what they had it just it just doesn't make sense at all well and, and the holligan holligan money and the money they got yeah. for you um yeah it's, it's exactly it, it still doesn't really make sense i mean no doesn't doubt. make any sense it's management um i mean were you 
obviously you'd left by then, but were you yeah pretty stunned that by September 2001 we were in administration? I was on one aspect, but on another aspect I wasn't because um, I'd I'd been told it after the sort of midway through the the sort of the season we got relegated that, that I was told by someone at the club that the club had made over two million pound in revenue over that two years over that three years uh, I don't count the year that we got into the conference uh, with the FA Cup sponsorship and, and that, that was told to me by someone in the club that would have known um, obviously I'm not going to name names on here but um, and then and then if you take out that season that we got relegated and, and if we'd have finished one point above the relegation zone you would have said what a season to be 10 minutes or 10 seconds sorry from being in the fifth round of the FA Cup and, and taking a, a Bristol City to a replay in the fourth round as well um, and then to see the club go well go virtually bankrupt in the year after that um I don't personally. I don't think you've got to be a, uh, Einstein to work out that that somewhere someone was taking money out of the club. I used to think that maybe, obviously, they borrowed money in order to invest when Chapel arrived, right? So that first yeah. season when we got promoted. So you would think yeah. it was logical that those directors' loans were paid back once we started making some money the second and third. Of course. But, of course. But both. But I agree. The amount of money that went in. Um, and also just the amount that was apparently spent on quite limited ground improvements. Yeah. It's strange. I mean, look, it's not a, a, it is strange. It, a unique I mean, story in non-league, is it? But Yeah, it is very strange. I mean, it, the, the figures just does that. They, don't, they just don't add up to him. I mean, I mean, that club had probably more success in three years than any other team in non-league at that time. When you add, uh, I think we got 800,000. The, the rumour was that we got 800,000 for our FA Cup run in the season we got relegated. Now, now, I know for a fact that the wage bill at that club at the time was about 200 grand to 250 in the years leading up to that. So if you calculate that for three years, that's 700, say 700, 800,000. If you're making 2 million in profit over them years, it just doesn't add up at all. Um, I'm not accusing, but as I said, if you've if you've got a, a board or a chairman that says, right, I'm going to put 150,000 pound of my own money into this club, they then have success and take 300,000 pound out. They're more entitled to do that. That that's not an issue. That's their money. If they want to do that, they can. That's not a problem. But but if they're not entitled to take it out, that's when it becomes an issue. And clearly, I mean, clearly anyone with half a half a sense of how football clubs are run will, will look at what happened at Kingstone and say, how, how on earth did they ever get where they were? It's just mind boggling. And you actually are a quite unique position to measure how much the club had changed because you had a first spell at Cave 96, 97. Uh, a very short one, right? And then you, you you went to Colchester. You then came back to the Chapel era. Yeah. And then you returned the final time under Ian McDonald, I think, 2000 yeah. March 2006. 
Six, yes, two thousand six. Yeah, so maybe, what yeah. was it like when you came back to Cairns in March two thousand and six? I mean, it must have seemed a completely different place, or, or did it not? Um, it, yeah, I mean, I, I the only reason I well, not the only reason I come back, but I had great respect for Ian McDonald. He was a, he was a, a very good coach, and um, it, he rang me up and said, "Would you come down?" And I said, "Yeah, of course I would." Uh, but in terms of the club, I mean, at the end of the day, in any any level of football, even going up to the Premier League, if you don't invest in, in in a football club when other teams will do that then then it will be very difficult for you to compete um and uh, i mean I, i'm not i hear rumors but the rumor was that when jeff took over the, the club went we're going to invest 250 grand to get us into the prim, into the to conference and that that was the sole aim of the of the, the plan at that time and um as i said we did it in one season so then then you had the, the the rest of that then two three years where you could sort of cons- consolidate and, and 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 balance your books if you like and um clearly people must have put money in because you you, you don't if they hadn't have done that the club would have just been a, a mid-table to to bottom half of the Itzmin league at the time and, and they would have and, and had ever done that and at any level of football, you, you, if you want success, especially in non-league, you have got to invest in it. But there's investing and there's there's a long-term solution. And, and, and my my own feeling is that the club the club invested that money to get into the conference, did it in one season, then had unbelievable success for two seasons, and were like, my own feeling was they panicked a little bit. I thought. Poor, we don't, we don't, we we're not ready for the football league. We don't want to get into the football league. We can't afford. I mean, think, I think Chris said it in his podcast. The club weren't ready for the football league, and I think that was that at the end of that second season when we when we finished uh, fifth in the league, that the club looked at it and thought we're not investing anymore, and um, we're going to try and do it on the cheap if you like, and 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 it backfired on them. Well, I, I told some fans I was interviewing you and, and requested questions. Uh, yeah. So here, here are a couple of them. Um, you, you, if you remembered getting the inaugural K's Web Player of the Year in 1998, and I sent you the photo of you lifting yeah. K's Web I saw it, yeah. like Bobby Moore in the World Cup. Did you, when I sent you that photo, did, it, did you get flashbacks? Oh, yeah, it's funny because... Um... I mean, my memory's terrible anyway. I've had <laughs> over the years, but um, well, that's why I sent you the Tarkan behind-the-scenes '99 video because otherwise you wouldn't yeah. remember winning at Wembley, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, some people ask me about playing at Wembley. I, 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 I honestly, Tamar, I do not remember anything about any of the games at Wembley. I don't remember anything about uh, any parts of the game or anything like that. I think you get so. Um, worked up with the with the, with the uh, occasion that you your memory sort of plays tricks you but I don't I don't remember anything about about the games at Wembley at all you do remember lifting the trophy at Perfleet having been presented it by Gary Eakins that's yeah again flashbacks I saw it I saw it when you said it to me and I thought yeah I do remember that actually yeah but if you'd have asked me about it I, I would have struggled to remember where it was and who it was against and this, that, and the other. But um, no, 
it, it, I say it was um, I, I wanna what I say I, I I spent I spent 20 years in football now um, in professional football and non-league and and I would say without a shadow of a doubt my my most favourite memories are are the the times I spent at Kingstonian even even I know it sounds strange but even the season we got relegated take take the league the league form out of it that the FA Cup run was just uh, to get 10 seconds or 15 seconds away from the fifth round of the FA Cup is just it's remarkable really oh I mean speaking of memories I mean Bristol City do you remember the equaliser going in yes I do very well yeah yeah Eddie Saunders not clearing the ball yeah not blaming yes. him, not blaming him, 20 years old. I blamed him for many years <laughs> after, trust me, many, many years. Um, but Eddie, Eddie was a great lad, they all great lads. But obviously it was one of them things, and as I say, when you look back at that, and you think, well, if you'd have done it, it, nine times out of ten, Eddie would have cleared it properly, but that time he didn't. And yeah, many times I've reminded him about that. We would have, we'd have gone to, yeah, Leicester. Leicester. Leicester, yeah. Yeah, um, somebody else asked if you remember this is going to be a memory test isn't it if you remember that the season we got promoted there was a game at Gravesend and, and people felt like that was the game where we were really we, you know, it looked like we were definitely going to go up and you scored a late winner March 98 yeah. maybe I think you scored they equalised and then you scored a winner from range yeah free kick it was Yeah, I remember many things but that, that, I do remember that free kick at Gravesend and I think it's because because a lot of people said it was a turning point at the time, and um, yeah, I do I do remember that. Yeah, it was a free kick about twenty twenty five yards out. Yeah, and, and um, in the car park, um, fans wrote "picture is God" using a stick in the. Um, oh, did they? I don't remember that. No. Shame, shame but, yeah. no photo of that. Um, I, okay, mem- memory test number forty four. Yeah. Uh, the. To the Cheltenham semi-final, um, yeah. one, of, one of my favourite cave memories, actually, um, is the first leg. I think we were 2-1 yeah. down and you scored the equaliser to make it 2-2. Yeah. You, you yeah. get the ball. I don't think you're that far out. You might just be near the D at the Kingston yeah. Road end. You just curve yeah. into the top corner. Yeah. But that's one of my, I don't remember many goals myself, actually. <laughs> but um, yeah. that's a really clear memory. I just remember how cool that finish was because you placed it. Yeah, I mean, I, I do remember that game. I do remember that goal. And um, uh, most, I think most people at the time, Cheltenham at that time were the, I suppose, if you like, um, the Man City of, of the Premier League. At the, well, not so much this season or uh, the, the seasons before where they, they were the, the best team in the league. And, and a lot of people wrote us off in that semi-final. And to, to get a two-all draw at home... Was a was a big plus for us because going into the the second leg two one down, uh, and and that's the reason why I remember that goal because it was quite important. But um, I don't think many people saw saw what would happen into in the second leg. Um, it's probably my I would say my my second best uh, performance in a K shirt from the team that I possibly was ever involved with. The first leg. The second leg oh, the second at their place. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and speaking uh, of loads, of, loads of, no, no one, no one expected us to win at all. No, Everyone no. you spoke to was like, "Oh, you're going to get battered in the second game." 
everyone. And we we were uh, we were so good that even their manager coming off the game said that uh, that's the best performance I've seen from a non-league side for a long, long time. But do you remember, this was one of the other questions from a fan, that, that when we're 2-1 up with a few minutes remaining, you were pegging it down the left wing and fans were shouting, like, what the hell is Jeff Pitcher doing out on the left wing? He should be much further back. And then you ping a cross over to Gary Patterson, who definitely shouldn't have been in the box, but he found he was the back post and he heads it in. Do you, do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, I do remember. I, I say I remember bit, bits of that game. Uh, it was just a, a phenomenal team performance at the time. Um, as I said, they, they, Cheltenham were by far and away the best team in that league that year and obviously won the title. And um, as I said, a lot of people didn't give us much of a chance. Even after the first leg, when we drew two, they said, oh, we, once you got there. But the second leg, we, as I said, it was, I th- looking back now, probably the second best performance I've ever se- I've ever been involved with in a, in Acacia. And um, um, we thoroughly deserved it. And, uh, and, and yeah. And, was, it uh, was it a left foot cross or did you cut back? It was, yeah. Back? I don't yeah, quite yeah. know why I was in the left wing, but uh, I, I'd say things work out for a reason and they did that day, yeah. So that was the second best performance with a cave team. What was the what was the best one? Well, it, I say it's quite interesting because I was thinking about it when I knew I was going to speak to you today, and I was thinking about my time at the Cays and then um, talking about. Uh, I say a lot of uh, lot of people say to me, "How can that, that team that finished eighth and won the trophy and fifth and won the trophy and then get relegated by eleven points f- from the conference?" at that time um but i say to people you know the best performance i've ever ever been involved in probably probably in non-league i would say the other clubs i've been at and um was was the uh brentford game in the fa cup oh wow yeah i mean for me that performance i mean they were a very very strong very strong league club and we absolutely um, annihilated them that day, and that—that uh, that was that was probably my my one performance in in my time with Kingstone is where I thought that phew, from start to finish that was that was remarkable. And of course, you deliberately struck that shot <laughs> off the Brentford defender into the goal for the deflection. Of course, yeah, of course. I thought, well, if I hit it straight, the defender will save it. So I make make sure it deflects off the off the defender and goes in the other side to afford the goalkeeper. Yeah. I'd never believed that Sammy Winston deliberately did what he did for his goal. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it was. Do you remember that finish? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that? Deli- I can't remember. I mean, I was. No, in Sammy, probably not. <laughs> no, no, in Sammy, probably not. No, it's probably just uh, a clo- maybe he closed his eyes and hoped for the best. Yeah, everything went right that day. That 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 was a remarkable performance. Um, and and I said they were a very very strong football league side, and and we were sensational at that. And and in all fairness, probably take out the South End game where where we didn't play well, but we still managed to battle. Uh, most of the MFA Cup performances were sensational. And then I say the up well the downside to that is when you look at that and think, well, how did how on earth did that team get relegated? Um, that season, yeah. um, there's a lot of 
lot of reasons why that team got relegated. But but it does make you think. Well, it's it's, it's crazy, really. And is it true that we won at South End because you got your brother-in-law Mark Beard to sow dissent and complacency in South End's ranks? Did you read that at the time? I didn't know, but um, he did play for South End. And, uh, yeah, I'll read. I'll read you what was in the local paper in 2001. <laughs> Jeff Pitcher, the £200,000 midfield target for several league clubs, revealed, actually it's claiming you revealed it, hang on, revealed oh. how, how his brother-in-law, right-back Mark Beard, who had once been at Southend, telephoned a few of the players and told them they would have no problem beating Kingstonian. As a result, Pitcher reckons the opposition were just not up for it. Wow. <laughs> I, there's, there's, there's no actual quote from you. This is great journalism. No, I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me. It, it wouldn't. It, it, it would be something we probably would have done at the time. But, uh, but yeah, we 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 didn't play particularly well that day. I, I remember Chris Kelly coming in after us and 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 moaning and groaning about how we didn't play well. And I and I was like, why are you moaning? We've just got through to the third round of the FA Cup. What? But but that was Chris for you. Uh, I felt um, I, I like. I'm glad you listened to the interview with him. I, I've always felt about Chris that I love him, but I don't want to love him. Um, yes. <laughs> is that yeah. how you felt? He's just. I actually got. I actually got on well with Chris. Uh, anything other than football, I got really, really. I got on really well with him. When it comes to football, it was just. It was just, um, it was just a night. And like Eddie said, it, it, getting blood out of stone doesn't do Chris justice. It was um, it was the hardest thing you could ever do was 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 talk to Chris about football-related matters because it was his way or no way. Mm. Um, I, I remember, uh, I think one of the I can't remember what year it was, but one of the FA Cup ties the club would, had, had been offered a, a, quite a bit of money and and. Couple of players said, "Look, look, why aren't we getting a bonus? We we wasn't offered any bonuses at that time." And I said to a couple of the, the senior players, "Go in and speak to him, and um, this will give you a little inkling of what Chris was like." Me, I think Matt Crosley and someone else went in and, and started speaking to him, and he, and he was like, "This, no, you're not getting nothing. Uh, this is this is what you're getting, and that's it." And it was. £50 pound each game, I think it was, when the club were making like 35 grand or something like this. And uh, we, me and Matt Crosley said, right, well, should we get brave here? And he went, yeah. And I said, all right, OK, we won't play then. And Chris went, that's all right, I'll play the reserves, not bothered. <laughs> and, and that was Chris Kelly for you. I always wondered about his relationship with Chapel. Mm, yeah, it's an interesting... Um, it's an interesting... Uh, I always I always assumed that it that it was they they got on really well, but um, clearly from what I've heard from Jeff and and Chris over the years and interviews they've done, it it didn't didn't seem like that to be honest with you. Were you guys always paid on time though, or was it kind of administrative <laughs> chaotic? Even uh, with oh. Chris with Chris, nothing was straightforward. Tamar, trust me. Um, when we when we uh, won. When we went up from the uh, Isthmian League into the conference, um, we were paid late and this, that, and the other. And there was there was clubs at the time that that were offering our players a lot more than what they were getting at the time. But the players stayed because because they got on well with with 
with Jeff and and they they enjoyed and, and like Eddie said the, the ground and the, the the pitch was always a big draw for players at that time it was never about really a, about money at that stage um and then when we went into the conference again uh I, I know I heard Chris say about that um that the wage bill was this that any other but I know for a fact that, that, that there was there was a lot more teams in that league at that time paying a lot more money than we were at that time. So um, it, it does make me laugh when I hear him say about oh, the players' wages and this, that and the other. But, but it, it just brings me back to dealing with Chris at the time we dealt with him. And um, yeah. Well, I think uh, the thing about Chris is I think he was the public face of a lot of things, but there were other quite important Oh, certainly. On the teams making decisions, and I maybe I'm being generous to Chris, but I, I feel like there were other actors who have got away with it a little bit because they were just hundred percent, hundred percent. That at the end of the day, Tamer, you haven't got to beat around it because you ask any players at the time. Um, uh, <laughs> we weren't in all the years in in the the in the Eastmith League, sorry, and the conference. We weren't in the top top twelve. In, the, in them divisions in terms of players' budget. I know that for a fact because I speak to other people. And I, I know that for a fact. So, so uh, forget about us being big players. But at but, but the end of the day, he, he was in charge and there was other investors at the time. And, and there, is, there is no way whatsoever that anyone can tell me after the, the three, four years of success we had that, that, that them individuals didn't take money out of the football club, I would be absolutely gobsmacked if that was the case. Uh, if they put their own money in and, and, and got us to where we were at the time, then then fair play. They could they were more entitled to take the money out. But um that there it, it was a it was a shady time at the club at that time. Um, there's no two ways about it. You you don't go from making one point five to two million pound profit to, to going bankrupt within a year. If people aren't taking money out of the football club, it just doesn't happen. After sort of many years kind of struggling and having lost Kings, Med- Kings Meadow and, and having to ground share, things were like really excellent last season and we looked like we're heading in the right direction. Were you kind of following what went on last year, like the FA Cup round? Yeah. The round? Yeah, I've, all, I've always followed. I've always followed them um, from, from the moment I left to, to like the present day, I followed left really fond memories of my time at the football club from from start to finish uh even taking in the disappointment of the, the relegation at the end of it but the, the years leading up to it were, were 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 if you'd have said to me at the beginning of um obviously when i was there before jeff took over that this club would go on to do what it did in the next three year four years i'd have said you was crazy i mean but i don't know if you realize this but um most fans i'm one of them think that you're the best player to have played for Cave probably in the last 40 years like it's not just that you were part of that great team but um, you really are sort of held up as uh, a Cave legend still I don't know if you ever bump into people who say that to you or not I have in the past yeah um, and, and I just say the way I look at it I was a uh, I was a, a decent player, and I, I played with really good players, and that, that's how the, how I look at it. Um, and um, 
as I said, we the the, the thing that that frustrates me now is when I look back on that time at my time at Kingstonian is when when we finished the, the third season, so the promotion and the first season, the second season. I honestly believe if, if we'd have just invested a little bit more in in, in the in the playing staff at that time, um, I honestly believe the club wouldn't be in the situation it's in now. Um, and and for, for people to say the money wasn't there to do that, I, I don't I don't buy that at all. I think I, I, I honestly think it was a case of We've we've swum too far, too quickly, and we need to rein it in a little bit. I think that's what the club's uh, stance was at that time. But sometimes, if you stop swimming, you drown. Yes, exactly, and exactly. And at that time, the conference was going. Teams were investing heavily in players and money-wise. Players were uh, teams at that time started to go full time as well. There was money coming into the conference at that time, and and it wouldn't have taken a lot for the club at that time to go um, to go into the football league. Uh,